welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited that you guys are tuning in today to this episode titled How to Really Love Your Body. You guys are in for such a treat. My friend Arielle Astoria is on the podcast today, and she is such a powerhouse and such an encourager and empower to women and men and everyone to just really lean into recognizing that their bodies are so much more than just the physical. They're, they're a vessel. They give us the power and the ability to do all the things that we've been called to do. And I just cannot wait for you guys to get to hear from her. So Arielle, hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I would love for you to take a few minutes to introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, and maybe a fun fact. Ooh, okay. So my name is Arielle Astoria. I live in the Pasadena, Los Angeles area currently, and I'm a full-time poet, speaker, social media storyteller, occasionally a model, and whatever else pays me at that time. (laughs) I think I've kind of narrowed it down into just poet, speaker, and creative. Those are like my three drop-downs, and if you ask me about the drop-downs, I'll tell you. But that's pretty (laughs) much what it is, and I've kind of narrowed all of those narratives into where it's not for the ears, but for the soul. And mm. you said a fun fact or? Yeah, whatever okay. you want to share. <laughs> a fun fact or I guess a fact about me is I'm so lactose intolerant, but I will die for ice cream because it's my favorite. <laughs> okay. Okay. On that note, then what is your go-to flavor? Oh man. Okay. So initial go-to is like, if I'm going to a store and I want something, it's something with brownie or peanut butter. Mm. Or chocolate chip cookie dough. I really like being able to like chew things in my ice cream, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then if I go to this local place in Pasadena that my fiance and I are like, we love, they make their own ice cream and their own ice cream flavors. And so the favorite there is a brown sugar vanilla bean and a salted Mm. caramel like together. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's that sounds like the dream team right there. (laughs) That is so fun. Well, I didn't want to spoil this in the beginning, so I'm going to ask you, because I'd love to hear your point of view, but how do we know each other? Oh my gosh. Well, you stayed at my house one time, and (laughs) because initially you're friends with my roommate who I lived with at the time, and she was like, oh, my friend is going to come and sleep on our couch. And I was like, great. Love that idea. Absolutely for it. And so I just came home one day, and I got to meet you, and it was so sweet. And then I visited Nashville, and we got to hang out while you were living out there. And yeah, <laughs> I, I love that, it. That story is so funny to me because <laughs> I really had a full on year of my life where it was I was constantly just like bumming it at people's houses <laughs> and sleeping on the couch. Yes, I love it. I like to say just being a vagabond spirit. That's all it was. You're just that's exploring a- life. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. bumming. I was vagabonding. No, you were vagabonding. <laughs> I, like I love that. it. <laughs> And our mutual friend, Katrina, has actually been on the podcast before, which is super fun. So y'all should go back and check out episode nine, talking about mentorship, just the value of mentorship. Katrina's awesome. And she was a connecting point for us, which is so much fun. Mm -hmm. So cool. (laughs) I love it. Me too. Okay. One more question before we get into our topic. And this is a fun one because obviously I love to travel. I don't do it quite the same way I used to when I was on the road all the time, but I love to ask every guest, what is your favorite place you've ever been or a place you're hoping to go or both? Mm. Favorite place I've ever been, Portugal, for sure. I want 
to go back because it's just stunning. There's just so much storytelling happening. There's colors and it's very much so like any probably like Lizzie McGuire movie you've you've seen. It was like (laughs) that come to life. And so I definitely want to go back to Portugal. New places I would like to go. New Zealand is one of them. And Mm. honestly, I really want to go to London to either one of two things. Meet Adele's or accidentally wind up at an Adele concert in like this pub (laughs) or coffee shop and still meet Adele. So that's (laughs) the two ways I want to go. So So I'm gathering your big Adele fan. Oh my gosh, I love her. And I'm very (laughs) anxious for her to release music. I feel like it's coming. My spirit feels it. Yeah. But really though, I think it's coming. It's got to be coming. It's got to be. She's been too much. (laughs) (laughs) Protect Adele at all costs. Yeah, protect her. Also like put her in a room so she can feel her feelings. So Mm -hmm. create some more music for us all to be able to relate to and love her even more. Exactly. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. Okay, wait, I have a question. I know you went to Portugal and you did, you went for modeling, right? Correct. Yes, I did. What part of Portugal did you go to? Do you know? We eventually we wound out in Lisbon, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out where we started. We started like two <laughs> hours out country, like more mm-hmm. area. So like really like I have no idea where I was when we first got there. <laughs> and then I just know that we wound out in a more common place. So we yeah. we ended the trip the last few days in Lisbon. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I love yeah. Portugal too. It was so <laughs> funny. So, so, so amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, and another, I love to throw for loop questions. You and your fiance, are you guys planning on taking a honeymoon and going anywhere? Yes, we're going to do a mini moon because we get married on Memorial Day weekend. So we're going to go to San Diego that weekend. And then we're planning on going to Hawaii in the summer. So like hopefully around July would be great. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we're very excited. Very, very excited. Good. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where are we traveling? Travel, travel, travel. Yes. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and head into our topic, which I am legitimately so, so excited about. And that is how to really love your body. For each and every one of us, I think this is such an important message coming at such an important time. I'm like really encouraged by what society looks like now versus what it looked like when I was in high school in terms of I think there's a much healthier view of body image and what's normal and what's not and what's, you know, just like more acceptance. I wish mm-hmm. that I was growing up in some regards. I wish I was growing up as a like teenager now versus mm-hmm. when I was in yeah. high school. But you, Ariel, bring so much light into the spaces that you go into. I've seen it firsthand, you know, when we've gotten together in person, but also in your online presence, you bring a lot of light and truth and grace into the spaces that you inhabit. Mm-hmm. Have you always been as open as you are now with talking about loving, embracing and kind of empowering your body? I think it definitely had to build. I find that for a lot of us who are passionate and motivated and speaking about certain things, it's not because we started with the passion and motivation that we're speaking with now today. So I didn't start out always talking about how great my body was or how beautiful I thought my body, I should view my body or vice versa. For a really long time, I just, I kind of hid at first. I played a very small in myself mm-hmm. and and then it was from doing that so much and so often that I really realized I have such a disconnected experience with who I am as a physical being and, and how do I merge that and what does that mean to 
to bridge those worlds, both mind, body, and soul. And so I think I've always kind of talked about, you know, I'm valuing yourself and believing that you have worth and a voice and something to contribute. And I would say that to others, but I didn't fully believe that for myself until college. And I was like, I can't preach this to other people and not speak it Mm -hmm. over myself. And so that's kind of when that flip-flopped happening started happening. And I was like, if I'm going to encourage and equip, you know, freshman girls at the time I was doing leadership, and then how do I not um, strengthen and equip myself at the same time? Otherwise, I'm just a hypocrite. And I don't actually believe (laughs) the things that I'm preaching because I don't do the same thing for myself. And so it kind of took a process, but it really wasn't until college that I was like, okay, we're not living small. We're not living this disembodied experience. And so now what does that look like? to come back home to self almost and mm. to realize like who I am and who I feel like I'm I'm designed to be. That's beautiful. And so honest. <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. And I don't know if this is something particular to I've been thinking about this recently, but I don't know if it's something particular to women. But totally. I I think I've always had that like stay small, be small. Like almost like, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like you're told to be that in how you look. And then it translates into who you are and not allowing yourself to take up as much or as little space as you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like in a very ingrained thing, just in women in general. I mean, the narrative is a lot of regulation and not celebration. So we've kind of just grown up within this context of like, you're too much of this, or you're not this, or you need to be this and not that and trying to decipher which one of those we can and cannot be and ultimately getting to the point where we just don't feel like we can at the end of the day be our true selves, you know, so how do we just navigate in these boxes that we've been placed in? And it's what does it mean to be a woman, you know, and a lot of times it meant to be small, to be submissive, you know, to be permissible, to be stepped on to to not speak a whole lot to have Mm -hmm. to not have a whole lot of opinions and and navigating through that very weird tension where it's like, no, but I do feel bigger than this space that I've been given. I do feel like I have a voice and something to contribute to this world. And that completely debunks everything that we've been kind of shaped into. So now, if you will, it is very much so this phoenix rising, this expanding of wings that have been compressed and made small for so long, because I don't think that was the intention of woman was to be made small. We were made in addition to, yes, but we were also made to complement. We were the final piece of creation. And that is a really powerful thing to think about. So of course, that would be a threat to a lot of things. And so, yeah. We can just end this podcast episode right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love, I love that. I've never considered that we were the final piece. Woman was the final piece in this creation story. We were the last part to come in and then it was good. Oh, I love that. Wow. My like brain is just like (laughs) firing off. This is amazing. Well, we're not going to end right now, everyone. Buckle (laughs) up. (laughs) Well. I know that like our relationships with our bodies can feel more complicated than ever, particularly, you know, growing up in the time that we're growing up and becoming young adults. And then what I call real adults, I hit 30 and I was like, I'm a real adult now. Um, (laughs) And it's just, you know, it's complicated figuring that all out. And I think you're so good at constantly encouraging people to reframe how we think about our bodies. You know, what has led you to both champion embracing every bit of ourselves inside and out 
but also challenge kind of the status quo to view our bodies in light of all that they give us the ability to do and accomplish? Hmm. That's a big question. (laughs) I think so for me, like where I really started to like shift conversation and, and shift things was I had to do this like backpacking trip through the Yosemite for like one of our school leadership opportunities, like why we had Mm -hmm. to backpack for 10 days. I have no freaking idea. But (laughs) we did this trip. And I remember going into this trip, I have really no context with with backpacking with that kind of nature. And so it was like, so weird, because it was like, oh, this is so out of body. I don't even know what to do with it. And so I did go. But in that first going, I was so insecure. I was so anxious about this trip. I was like, my body can't do this. My body's not capable. My body is not going to be able to do whatever backpacking even means. And so I remember going on this trip and you have to lead. Every person on the team has to lead one part of the trip. And so on the day it came for me to lead, I was hiking and then my team was behind me and I could hear my leader. And he kept telling me throughout my whole time to slow down, slow down. You're going Mm -hmm. too fast. There are people who are falling behind. And I was like, what do you mean I'm going too fast? Like that con if that is the case and that contradicts every fear and anxiety about what my body could or could not do that I came into this trip. And so it was this beautiful moment where I was like, oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. I kept telling you what you could do, you know, me speaking to my body, what you could do and what you couldn't do, what you were capable of and what you weren't capable of. And I never celebrated you. I never acknowledged the things you could do. And so it was this really tender moment where you're just like grabbing yourself and you're like, oh sweet body. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm listening now, you know? Mm. And so it really turned into this conversation of, of now listening to my body, the things I eat, how I work out, how I interact with spaces that I perform in because I'm a feeler to my core. So that's emotionally and um, that's physically, I just, I feel everything and I feel things deeply. And so I realized as I started the habit of becoming more in, in tune with this created thing, that I was able to just be more intentional with listening to it. And so I think a lot of the conversations I have on social media are one of two things. They are, this is for me and I'm just posting it in a public space or the twofold part is I know this is for someone and that's exactly why I'm sharing it. And someone specific, I don't know who they are. I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're even following me or they're following someone who will share this. I don't know, but I know this is for someone. And so I know that as women, like I grew up in a house full of women. So I know the conversations we have. I know the narratives we have. And so it really just had to come down to like, I got to listen to this space because I live here and I will live here for the rest of my life until I don't anymore. And really being intentional with that space. And the thing you could know the most is truly yourself, is truly your body. And so I really wanted to get into the habit of like, I want to get to know you. You know, I spent most of my 20 years of life ignoring you. I'm telling you what you are and are not. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm, Yeah, dude, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and on that note, like what words of wisdom, because you have a lot of wisdom. Mm, um, (laughs) What words of wisdom do you have about bodies being vessels to Mm. that which is our rich, dynamic and beautiful souls? Yeah. Well, you think of a vessel as something that holds something. Mm. So our bodies itself, they hold water, they hold lungs, they hold bones, they hold blood, they hold hearts. And so usually when something holds something, you take a little bit better care of it 
because the thing itself is not just important, but the things that the thing is carrying is important too. And you think of, we walk a little slower when we hold a cup of coffee that's like almost overflowing. You know, we are a little bit more intentional with a candle and that's lit because there's fire inside of it. And so Mm -hmm. I think the same application to our bodies, like this space holds something important. I mean, that importance is you. That importance is your mind. That importance is your heart. That importance is that thing that's beating inside of you that reminds you every single day that you are alive. And so when we think of something like that, even especially for women, like we are literally a vessel for life. Like our very essence creates and has the ability to create life. And that in itself is an importance, you know, just the fact that whether, and I want to be really intentional with this because, because whether or not a woman can or cannot give birth, that still, that is still in her. That is still something that she is capable or could be capable of doing. And even, even if for some reason she's not, those, that thing is still held inside there. Those ingredients for life are still held inside of her. And she herself is still a living, breathing being. And so I think the conversation about a vessel is so beautiful because you think of a vase and we love, I love, I don't want to say we, I love flowers. (laughs) Like either my fiance buys them for me or I buy them for myself because I just love being able to come home and put flowers in a vase and just have it in my home. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite things. And so I'm very intentional with my vases. I choose them specifically because I know what they're going to hold. Mm-hmm. And I think if we kind of adapted that mentality of, of God created us knowing exactly what we would hold. And that is a really beautiful thing to think of. Mm, that's so good. I love that you're like, I love that you said, first of all, I love flowers because I actually don't love flowers. So. Yeah. I was but, like, let me go back. So I was like, not we, it's not a we thing. It's definitely just to me. I mean, I, pre- I appreciate them, but I... <laughs> They're not my thing, but I do love that, that idea of like, you know, you select certain vases for certain flowers Mm -hmm. and just looking at our bodies more as the thing that we should be taking care of because it holds something that's even more powerful and important. Right. Right. You know, our hearts and our souls and our passions and our dreams and, and our love. Oh, that's so good. How has all of this that we've just talked about, how has all of it helped you to get after the things that you have felt like you were made for or called to? Well, I think because I just like, I wasn't this person (laughs) because I wasn't having these conversations because I didn't know how to live inside my body. I find it so ironic um, that these are now the conversations that I, that I am having and like consistently, (laughs) like this is a part of my job, you know, to have these conversations. And so I just find that so, so funny and so ironic. You know, the things usually that we don't identify as or that we feel the most afraid (laughs) of are probably, you know, the things that we're made for and the things that we're made to do. And so it's just for me right now, I think I really try to make sure I always come into this space with the conversation of like, I'm not the expert. I am just as much learning and growing as you are. I'm just as much exploring as you are. Sure, I may have picked up some things with me along the way, but for the most part, I find myself thinking that I'm more so in the same boat, um, you know, as anyone other, anyone else um, trying to mm. figure it out and grapple and learn and wrestle and fall and get back up. 
um, and mm-hmm. get their hands messy and and still discover the beauty and all of it. And so I think that's like one of the biggest things is like, I love the conversation of like being in process um, and being people in process. And will we ever really reach a space of like, this is it. This is the fullness of who I am. Mm. This is the fullness of who my body is. No, because the moment we get there, something shifts and something changes. And we're like, no, 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 no. Like, who is this? Or what is this? And I think it's such a beautiful reminder that like, we will never fully grasp the complexity that is ourselves, or that is the world around us. And like, isn't that what makes life so exciting is Mm -hmm. because every single day we get to explore more of that. Mm, That is so good. I have a question. Yeah. Not this is not one that I prepared. in This happens sometimes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Organic. Um, <laughs> if you were to like sum up into just like three things or maybe even two, I mean, however many you want, really, I won't limit you. But when you think about, you know, I know that I have been made to do X, Y, and Z, at least mm. where you're at right now, and that can evolve and change and grow, but where you're at right now, what would, how would you answer that question? Like, what are the, the few things you feel very confidently you're, you're supposed to be doing? I feel very confidently that I am supposed to be like, I'm the oldest child. So there's like a lot of pave the way that happens with that, whether I want to or not. (laughs) And so as much as I am aware of that and don't necessarily want that, I know that is something that I feel very called to do. Mm -hmm. I keep using this analogy of like, chiseling away at a glass ceiling with a plastic fork. I feel very <laughs> confident that that is like my calling right now in a lot of different ways. Um, rather that's paving the way as I like get married and learning what that navigation looks like for, you know, for my, for my family or vice versa of just like conversations about Christianity and faith and finding myself in these worlds that are, that are all <laughs> over the place and not directly tied to that, you know, at all, but yeah. still finding the beauty and, and necessity of that narrative. And so that is like constantly coming up right now of just feeling like, man, this concept of being named Linus of God and and what does that courageousness look like and how does that really, truly unfold? And it probably is not in spaces where it's like, oh, yeah, that's where you be courageous because that makes sense. No, it's more than likely that you're you're meant to be those things in the spaces that won't initially make sense to everyone and just really trusting my gut that like this feels insane, you know, but I don't know how to explain you to you more that I just am supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good. Okay. Well, you t- I'm throwing you for another loop. This was not on the, I love loops, but <laughs> good, good, I'm, that. I'm just considering like, you know, you are engaged and you're going to be getting married pretty soon. And yeah. I would just love to hear from your perspective, kind of maybe how things have changed or grown in your relationship with your body and and the callings that you feel like you're supposed to be living out now that you've gone from single to in a relationship to engaged and now soon to be married. Like what does that look like? Man, I mean your whole situation just gets like all the way turned upside down. And you don't really realize it until another person comes in and you're like, what the heck? Like (laughs) is what is this? You know, and like what's happening? And so I mean, really, I am extremely an independent person. I like doing things by myself. And I noticed like my first shift was just like, I, I, I could not imagine things alone anymore. Mm. I couldn't imagine things by myself anymore. And so no matter how independent I felt like I, I, I am and still can be, 
I still very much so have have this mindset of a we. And I, and it's not something I tried to have, you know, it was something I really wrestled with at the beginning of our relationship. But then eventually it melded into the space of like, it wasn't just an I, like I'm making decisions that are consciously aware of not only myself, but the person that I love, but then also this future that we're trying to build together. So that is tied into professional, that's tied into personal. And then twofold, I mean, I was really at a point when I met John that I was, I just a week before I'd done a message about singleness and I was there and I was in it and I was like, yeah, you can do who be whoever you are, because if they don't come around and they don't love you for that, then, oh, well, like you're better off like without them. And you can travel and not have to ask anyone to travel. And you can, you know, like your money is your money and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That was literally like two weeks before. And then it was just like, whoop, like, here you go. Here's this like really amazing plot twist um, that's happening (laughs) in your story. And I was like, no, like I had just gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm chilling. Like I love myself. I am by myself and I am a-okay. And God was like, ha ha ha. Okay, that was fun. Now let's move on, you know? You've humbled yourself enough to like receive what I have next for you. And so that was like a really wild season. Then it like in terms of like you think, oh, I, I felt like, oh, I'm confident in my body. I know who I am. And then you you dive into a relationship and it's like, okay, these things that I've been really afraid of, and I mean like holding hands, kissing in public, like really tender things. I was like, okay, how do I feel about this? Why do I feel anxious? You know, like (laughs) what are these things that I feel like I probably have been told for a really long time, you know, are wrong and you don't turn them on. You don't turn them on until the right time. But then there's so much anxiety in it that you're like, how do I know if this is right or not? Because I feel like anytime anyone comes near me, I'm terrified, you know? And so I'm really having to like navigate with myself in those spaces. And, and John was like so sweet. One of the first things he like loved was like the place I was most insecure about, which is like my hips, you know? Um, he like was like one day, he's just like, I love all of you. Like, I love your heart and I love your mind. I love your voice. And then he like went to hug me and he like grabbed my hips. He was like, but I love these. And I was like, what? Like, I never told him that I hate my <laughs> hips, you know, that I, that's the biggest part of my body and the space I feel most insecure about. And he just like instantly went in to love that place. And I really think that's the beauty of like what relationships are. Like, essentially, it's supposed to be like how God views us, you know, mm-hmm. and you look at this person and you're like, why do you look at me like I'm the like the best thing you've ever seen. And because for them, you are. And and I think God sees us the same way. And so it was this really sweet reminder of like, if this is not what it means to be loved by Jesus, then I don't know what is because he'll love me in ways I didn't even speak or say out loud. And you're like, wow, I really needed that. And I didn't even know it. So it's definitely been a whirlwind. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I love it though. And mm-hmm. I just love too that like, you're right, there are those, whether it's, you know, someone that you're in a relationship with or a friendship or even a stranger, every once in a while, there's something where we feel insecure, whether it's physical or not. And then someone else speaks life over that to <laughs> us, exactly. totally unprompted. You know, there's no, yeah. I just always think that that's such a beautiful, tangible reminder of like the heart mm-hmm. of God and how much he absolutely. just loves us. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, you kind of touched on this. This is a great segue. Like, I would love to know, do you still struggle from time to time with your relationship with your body? And if Mm -hmm. so, how do you pivot back to love? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the narrative is almost similar to you by yourself and you with other people. Um, Usually that struggle and that initial space of fear comes from a lie. The lie that your body is not enough. The lie that you're not enough at your core, at your essence, at your identity. Um, And I always, John and I have this thing where we're like, find the lie so that you can find the truth. And addressing what is this lie in this situation that's keeping me from seeing the truth. And the truth is I was always made good. The truth is that um, I was always designed for wonderfully and fearfully made. I wasn't, I wasn't made to not view myself as enough. We weren't, that wasn't the original intent that God had for us. And so it's always trying to come back to what I like to call this Garden of Eden moment where it is you and your creator. And then it's this person that he has created for you and your creator and both of you together. Like that was this, the pureness of um, the original intent for us was, was him and, um, and us. And that was it, you know, in our nakedness and in our bareness. And so the biggest thing is just like with myself, it was just like, okay, I'm feeling insecure right now because I don't look like the other girls, you know, and in a relationship, it's just like that same kind of fear of like, oh my gosh, did he just see that girl who walked in? I don't look like her, you know? And and he's so great at being like, what girl? <laughs> I'm just like, I can't, I can't tell if you're being serious or not, but also like good move, you know? <laughs> and he'll straight up say, he's like, babe, I don't, I don't see anyone else but you anymore. Like I, I truly don't. And so such a beautiful reminder of like, I'm being seen by someone and, and navigating through like what that looks like and like, who is the person um, that you want to see you for all of you. And that, it, you know, eventually looks like it's a very intimate process. But in the initial aspect, it's just like by seeing them, it's here's the baggage I'm bringing into this relationship. And it's not pretty, you know, um, here's the trauma that I have from experiences. And it's not pretty. And seeing those things first, and I think getting past those initial lies creates such space for truth and being able to see each other, really, truly see each other and love each other just in that space first and foremost. Mm, dude. <laughs> You're giving this single friend of yours a lot of hope. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're so oh man, it's so like it's so good. It's so hard. You know, it's like <laughs> so it's so all of those things. All um, of the things. It's like yeah, but it's like so worth it at the same yeah. at the same time. It's so worth it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, how do you, or what do you, yeah, that's a better way to ask it. What do you do just kind of in your daily life to take care of your body physically, mentally, and emotionally? Mm-hmm. So exercise is like a really big thing for me. I have to work out. I like realize my day is like not, it does, it just doesn't fully go well if that's not part of my day <laughs> or I fully don't feel like present. Or, yeah. con- or consistent or, or healthy, if that's not the case either. So mm-hmm. working out, that's like yoga, that's um, going for a walk. And that's just like some kind of movement is really necessary for me. Slowness, I'm really trying to adapt. John is really great at it. I am really not. And so just finding spaces of slowness, finding spaces not to fill time, just to fill time, but it's yeah. okay just to be. And so even yesterday, he like did this like hand meditation with me that he had done in counseling. And then he like read a book to me, you know, and so just like finding space to be like, yeah, we're wedding planning, and we're trying to get stuff done. But also, it's okay to just like breathe for a second. That's fine, too. And so that's been like a huge thing. And yeah, just like writing is a very cathartic experience for me. 
And whether it's for work or not, I still find so much joy in it. I'm in mm-hmm. so much light in it. And so those are like probably the the biggest spaces. And then the, the beach is like a huge one for me. I love, mm. I love going to the beach. I love being at the shore. I just like a huge, I, it's like a place for me to reconnect back to myself and, yeah. and hear God's voice amongst all the noise. <laughs> I love that. When I feel like I just saw on Instagram like yesterday, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Monday. Yeah. It was a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it was Monday. It was. It was a day. I was like, I. I. It was a hard weekend. It was just like a lot of things going on, and I was just like, you know, I'm ready to just go somewhere <laughs> for a second. So I luckily had a gig out there, and mm-hmm. so I did the gig, and then I literally just went to the beach right after, and I was perfect. <laughs> there is something really freeing about figuring out like, I mean, one, just being in nature is kind of a reconnection back to our humanity and our bodies totally. and the Lord. But then figuring mm-hmm. out what that space of nature is for you, like for mm-hmm. you, it's the ocean, it's the beach, mm-hmm. it's, you know, for I love the mountains. So like, take me up into the mountains, love get it. me amongst some big old yeah. trees and a lake or a river or something. And I kind of in, in that I find myself in a similar space where it's like, it's cleansing, it's reconnecting. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's almost like it's refilling up to then go oh. back into what life looks like normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. This is probably one of my favorite questions that I wrote down mm-hmm. for this episode. And I mean, you've been blowing it out of the park. So this is <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. But in your opinion, what is the number one thing we can do to love our bodies right now, not for mm-hmm. what we want it to be in the future or for what it might once have been? Well, I think for some reason, the first thing I thought of when you said that was um, was breath, was breathing. For You can't breathe the same breath you breathed yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what kind of breath you're going to breathe tomorrow. All you can do is literally like, breathe right now. And that is simply a breath for right now. And I think that's such like a beautiful thing to come back to is your breath and that constant reminder that this is the, this is the thing that keeps you alive. And this is the thing that reminds you that you're here. And so I think that is one of the, the biggest things because that takes you almost not out of body, but it brings you back to it and like truly brings you back to it. Like, when you're breathing, you're not, you're not probably not doing it in front of a mirror. You know, you're not doing it like around other people where you're comparing like, oh my gosh, am I breathing like that? Like really all you can do is just focus on like, okay, I got to breathe right now. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to be reminded of. Like it just really takes you out of comparison mode. It takes you out of um, trying to judge your body and just reminds you to just be in it and to to love it for truly where it is in that moment and not maybe not even love it but just accept I'm an extended gratitude for where it is in that moment that was a lot deeper than I <laughs> like it's so good you start you said you said breath like the minute you said that my eyes closed and I inhaled mm. and I think mm. that is such a beautiful way to I mean you know it's hard in the time the day and time we live in to remember right. that our bodies are so much more than just what they look like. Yeah. Like there's yeah. so it's so multifaceted and ultimately right. ultimately what it looks like is not that important. Right. Um, oh, I just that's very grounding. I find that to mm-hmm. be a very grounding way to yeah. to think about what I inhabit. Right. What I inhabit right in this moment. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. good. 
Well, I've got one more question on our okay. topic. Awesome. And it's just, what other advice would you give to me or to any of these listeners who might be struggling to love their bodies? Mm. Well, I think kind of like an overlap of what you just said is, it's coming to terms with like body positivity paints a really great picture to find that, to combat that initial self-hatred that we naturally carry. But then it also twofold doesn't create space for us to not be positive about our bodies. And the truth is, sometimes we're not positive about our bodies. Sometimes we're very neutral about our bodies. You know, we're just like, "Mm, I'm just kind of here, you know, like it's here. I'm here. We're walking. We're doing. And that's just like kind of what it is. And so I think the beauty that I've been able to come back to is this conversation of like loving and accepting my body for where it was, where it is, and also where it will be. And I think that creates this this threefold space where it's like, regardless, there's an acceptance and an awareness and a love for where you sit and where you exist, regardless of how it looks. And especially as women, our bodies shift and change all the freaking time. And so <laughs> we have to have so much more patience and so much yeah. for grace for an ever-changing thing, you know, and and know that in some seasons, you know, we will feel great in it. And some seasons we won't feel so great. And that is totally okay. Because the most consistent and most beautiful thing about it is that it's still here. It's still breathing. and It's still doing what it was made to do, which is house all of us. Yes. Amen. Yeah. 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 This is so good. I feel like, you know, when we, when I hit stop recording and I like, you know, go about my day, I am going to feel lighter about my body and about my my relationship with and my view of what my body allows me to do and just having a deeper appreciation. So thank you a yeah. thousand times over for sharing so much of your wisdom and your encouragement around of course. these vessels that we inhabit. I just, yeah. you're so good at it. I'm like, everyone go follow Ariel on Instagram. <laughs> and like, if you can, like go see her perform. I mean, your poetry is, it's beautiful. I think that was actually the first time I ever saw you. It was before you and Katrina even lived together, we went to one of yeah. your um, Dwell and Creates in LA. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I got yeah. to hear you speak. I was like, this girl, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> thank, <So>. you. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you. Thank you for sharing. Well, I have a couple of questions just to wrap up our episode. I ask these of every guest who, who joins me, and I just love hearing these answers because mm-hmm. it's really fun for me. So <laughs> this is probably my f- most favorite question because there's such a fun range of answers that I've gotten in the past. So knowing what you know now, how old are you? 28. <laughs> I'll be 28. in October. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Okay. So knowing what you know now at 28, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Whoa, 20. Okay. That's <laughs> like 10, 10 years, almost 10 years ago, nine years ago. Wow. I, I was like, we were like mid-college I'm like a year older than than most people because I graduated a little bit later, but then I also like like had a, like a little bit of delayed schooling in fifth grade. So I think 20 was coming out of my my freshman year, and mm-hmm. freshman year was so hard. Cried a lot. I spent a lot of time alone. I didn't have very many friends. I never expected that I would be where I'm standing and sitting now. And so I would tell. 28 year old me to hold on. I would tell her to write this pain um, that later 
those words and those tears will become the very things that cause her to bloom. And I would tell her that she becomes a lot cooler than she thinks she is. (laughs) So (laughs) that's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. Man, 20 20 is hard. College is hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's so much just figuring out Mm -hmm. who you are, what you love, Mm -hmm. what you're good at, where you quote unquote fit, which turns out to be a farce anyway because you can (laughs) fit wherever you want to fit. But it is rough times, and that is beautiful advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, who or what is inspiring you lately? It could be a book or a podcast or a person in your life or anything. Man, so many. I have like a <laughs> lot of a really good roster of just like women in my life right now who are just really killing it. They're just mm. speaking with such truth and, and speaking with such honesty that I just really want to like live in and duplicate. And it's like to name a few like Christine um, Saw and Katie Casada and Elise Knights. She has the trailer cast, which is incredible. And my mom right now is like truly killing it. Like she's like speaking and writing all over the place right now. My sister is like getting ready to have a baby. And I'm just like staring in awe at that, like how she's carrying this like being. And I'm kind of glad she's going first. Um, and <laughs> So I could like take notes and learn. And yeah, my uh, my other sister um, is graduating from grad school at 22 with the forensic psychology degree. Like what? I'm just constantly, yeah, I'm just like, con- I am surrounded by a, a lot of really dope people, like just a lot of really dope women specifically mm-hmm. who are just really just, I mean, paving way, just like mm-hmm. I was talking about at the beginning of this, just a lot of paving way which has been really cool to just watch and learn from. I feel like, first of all, forensic science graduate. Right. Crazy. Um, Right. (laughs) I feel like in in an alternate timeline of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Same. I feel you. (laughs) But I love that you, you know, you shouted out a ton of women in your life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I don't know why I'm just coming away with having listened to you do that that I want to do that in, in life. Like just like on a, you know, once a week, just think about all the women who are inspiring me and encouraging me and empowering me to get after the things I feel like I'm supposed to do and who are paving ways, whether it's for me or for, you know, women to come, it's such a beautiful practice. I think to do, Mm -hmm. to just think Mm -hmm. about like, look at what all these women are doing. They are killing the game. They are living out their purpose. They are loving with, you know, without abandon and how beautiful that is. Yeah, I did. I went to this like event a few days ago and it was like, you know, think of the women who have come before you, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then I kind of took it a little bit further and I was like, yeah, but think of the women who are like around me right now, you know, as we're creating this like orbit of impact and really pushing through a lot of like really scary stuff right now, you know, and then think of because of those things, think of the women we're going to like bring into this world. Um, Think of the women we're going to like, I'm raised one day. And so when you start, when you start on that spiral, it's pretty cool. It's pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, one more question for you. This podcast is called Wild Hearts with Janine, because I love Mm -hmm. to sit down with friends and just talk about all sorts of different topics that typically my friends are much more knowledgeable and experienced in than I am. So I could just Mm kind of get to sit here and learn from all of you, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. But 
in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Mm. Well, I have like this this line actually in, in one of my poems and it's, this is for the wild ones, too haunted by rejection to admit that the, you are wild. You are stampedes of freedom that everyone else is afraid of. You are proof that this world is not in need of any more normal. And I think of just like, I think of wildflowers, you know, mm-hmm. I think of their once it rains, they just sprout wherever they're going to sprout. You know, you really can't control it. And they don't ask permission to grow here. You know, they just grow. And I think that is such a beautiful thing to think of uh, instead of like, we have such a negative connotation with the word wild sometimes. And it's something that we think needs to be controlled or ne- needs to be tamed. And and I think the very concept of something wild is that it reminds us of freedom and it twofold really reminds us of a freedom that we don't feel like we could have, but we could. And so I think that's, yeah, those are the, those are the thoughts I think of when I think of the wild ones. I love that. And something you said just really struck me in the gut of like, I feel I resonate with that on such a deep level as an individual. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered that, and this is not everything, but we're both mm-hmm. Enneagram fours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Like, oh, that feels like something in that just really struck that part of me that is like, yeah. you know, I've always felt a little bit weird or a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, just adjacent to what would be normal. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I feel go- coming up into adulthood, I've started to realize like, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really beautiful and wonderful thing. And maybe really we're all adjacent to normal. Because we're all really wonderfully made to do different but beautiful things. Absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. And is that not like the depiction of, of who God is? You know, like we are made in his image, but how wild is that to think about it? Because we're all different images, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we actually sit with that, you're like, oh, snap. Like that means like we're all supposed, we're not supposed to look one way. We're not supposed right. to be one way. Um, and mm-hmm. that is so cool and so beautiful to think about. Yeah. Uh, Ariel, this has been such a treat. I am so grateful for you, for your friendship and your willingness to come on to Wild Hearts and share your heart and your wisdom. And ah, I just think the world of you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. Wasn't it so fun to get to hear from Ariel and hear her heart and her passion behind embracing and loving your body, not just for what it looks like, but more importantly, for what it can do and what it empowers you to be able to do in creating and moving and just living your fullest and best life. I am so grateful to call Ariel a friend and even more grateful that our paths crossed the way that they did. So shout out to Katrina for doing that. You guys make sure to check out Ariel on Instagram and other social media platforms. She is doing big and bold things and you don't want to miss out on it. In two weeks, we will be back. I'm going to be sitting down and having a conversation with my friend, Allie Quattlebaum. And we're going to be talking about a topic that I think a lot of people are very curious about and want to know more about. And that's making friends through social media. She and I both met that way and had a lot of experience in reaching out to or being reached out to on social media. And we can't wait to share all the things that we've learned. But until then, you guys keep dreaming, seeking and stepping out in faith.